Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the seventh episode of URT Number, the Amazing Race 32 recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Holmstone, and joining me as always is a Canadian who regularly has people clap when he's only done a third of what he was supposed to, Logan Saunders. That was fast. Uh, good afternoon. And I can't even take credit for this one. This one is um, a Mark Doyle request. And the lady who finds children so disgusting, she's always ready to give one a colonoscopy, Michelle Fierstenovit. What the hell is that? Mark Doyle? Wait till I get off this podcast. Like, seriously. I got a message off Mark on Thursday morning when I woke up saying, there is an obvious Michelle intro this week, and I will be very disappointed in you if you don't use it. And I'm like, okay, I'll have to give the people what they want and do a colonoscopy joke. Oh, Mark. Mark, you're getting it when I get off here. <laughs> so you can't even blame me for once. That was... Um, <laughs> that was entirely Mark's fault. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you guys enjoy the first ever Mega Leg? Was it the first? Oh, let's not get into this again. I promise we won't get into this very, very soon. Yeah, exactly. I still see it as a keep on racing leg. You cannot change my mind, so stop arguing with me. It's not a keep on racing leg because that's two separate legs, but that's beside the point. So previously, seven teams raced from Berlin to Almacy. Leo and Alana got into a hairy situation when they couldn't count spears, while Kaylin and Haley had a hairy situation for the rest of the leg thanks to their speed bump. The Alliance convinced Kaylin and Haley to use their yield to condemn Leo and Alana, and it worked, sending them home. Phil also announced to the six remaining teams that a mega leg in inverted commas would be coming next, but didn't mention that it's nothing new. And teams must now fly to the cyber city Hyderabad in exotic India. Phil says it's where they'll face the first ever mega leg in Amazing Race history. Apart from seasons 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 14 in the US, Amazing Race Asia 1 and 2, China Rush 2, Latino America 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, Vietnam 2012, Norgay 2, Philippines 1 and 2, Canada 1 and 3, and Australia 1 and 2. It's not even double the distance as they promised because it's only around 2,000 miles of travel. He's only talking about the US version, obviously. Jesus. Even in the US, this is the seventh time they've done a double length leg. <laughs> I like how it, this we've been talking about this for years now, even since our very first podcast. It's like production doesn't acknowledge what happened prior to season 14 other than Uchenna and Joyce getting their heads shaved and anything Colin and Christy did. Other than that, there's no acknowledgement for the first 13 seasons. And the other irony is the fact we're recording this on Saturday night, and in Hammerot's Lemillion 8, which is doing fans versus favourites, they brought back a winning team in a new Channer and Joyce style, and they went home in fifth place in a new Channer and Joyce style. Oh, spoilers! I was going to watch Hammerot's Lemillion tomorrow. <laughs> I just learned all my Hebrew. I know, sorry, but the only former winners have gone home in fifth place, and that does sound like Amazing Race history repeating itself, just like this leg. Because the other thing is that the season seven one was in India. It's not even the first double length leg in India. And I know I made this argument last week, and I promise I'm not going to be as ranty as I was about it last week, but it's not even the first time in Amazing Race history they've done a double length leg in India. And the season seven one traveled much further. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're not. You, you're telling me you're not going to be ranty. Um, we've just begun the podcast, and you've been ranty. Can we get on to the episode instead of talking about the double length leg, which is a keep on racing leg, which I'm not going to argue about. Just start the episode. What I actually said, Michelle, is I'm not going to be as ranty. There was a qualifier in there, just like the CBS promised to make sure that uh, the seasons of Survivor, Amazing Race and Big Brother are 50% non-white from now on. I love India on The Amazing Race for the chaos that is always on. Here's the problem. I love India legs normally. This one was, I believe, quite a few people are agreeing with me on this, the most boring India leg ever. You know what? You are never going to say anything positive about this season. Oh, no, I am. I, I've said repeatedly that this cast is a very good one. It's just that they're being spoiled by such a terrible season. As I tweeted out, and as someone from this season has liked, drink every time they say the word Megaleg, because it'll get you through this pair of episodes. <laughs> well, I don't need to drink to watch Amazing Ways. 
I know you don't, because you have low standards. <gasps> the first half I didn't mind for this episode, but but the second half, I think the second half objectively was very bad. Because <laughs> they only used two locations for the second half of the episode, and the roadblock I did not find remotely interesting. Now I'm going to bring back something that I did in 31. We're going to have a little quiz, and it's only one question. How many times did they say the word Megaleg in this pair of episodes? I don't know. 13? Have a guess, Michelle. You're not actually supposed to know, because I would have been very disappointed if you counted them all, like I did. Um, I don't know. Eight? It was 21 times. 21 times they said the word Megaleg in this episode. Who said it the most? Phil. Of course. (laughs) Because Phil asked pretty much everyone about the Megaleg. James and Will said it a lot as well, actually. I think they said it three times in one confessional. What was funny is that the act at the pit stop, they even had double the greeters and double the welcomes. <laughs> so, talking of James and Will, they live at 10.15pm, with Riley and Madison at 10.28, Hung and Chi at 10.50, Gary and D'Angelo at 11.24, Caitlin and Haley at 11.40, and Apana and Ishwar ringing up the rear at 11.50pm. And Leo and Alana, as we're led to believe, were about 45 minutes behind Apana and Ishwar. And Will and James leave and say they thrive under pressure and that they have a 20-minute yield and hope that it will get used on this leg. Hung and Chi says they don't plan on helping Gary and D'Angelo anymore. And in Gary and D'Angelo's introduction, D'Angelo said something that was blurred and I'm not sure what it was. They didn't even show him speaking properly. They just had him blurred for some reason in their first confessional and I don't know what it was. And I only noticed this on a quick kind of rewatch of the start of this episode when I was going back to count the number of Megalegs. Hmm. Maybe it's a bit of a party mouth. Yeah. And as was predicted last week, Pano and Ishwar talk about their other favourite topic other than engineering, because they hope they're going to be able to code in the Cyber City, is of course the fact that they've been to India a lot, although not to Hyderabad. One, th- one weird thing about this season is they. this is now the least two episodes are going to be episodes seven and eight of constantly referencing the Alliance. Meanwhile, with the teams, everything relates to two specific traits. Uh, we have, of course, Aparna and Ishwar, where it's, they're limited to uh, engineering and India. With Gary and D'Angelo, it's just, oh, we're football players. With Riley and Madison, it's volleyball and Riley, Riley living in Italy for five years. I mean, he's, he speaks Italian for some reason at the second roadblock, which I'm still trying to figure out why. And who else do we got? Hung and Chi, James and Will, Kaylin and Haley. Yeah, Hung and Chi are the parents, and and then Kaylin and Haley moved out at fifteen and sixteen and have blonde hair because apparently that's a personality trait. And then James and Will get the we're super fans and we're a gay couple edit. So everyone gets narrowed down to just everything tying into them being able to do something to these one or two facts that we know about each team. Yeah, this is where my my problem kind of lies with the season, and I've not been subtle about the fact that this season's disappointed me again. But the fact is, these teams are a lot more interesting than these episodes are showing. And I know that this is a a common thing, but it's usually one or two teams who are vastly under-edited for their potential. With the exception of probably Hung and Chi, whose bio was a lot less interesting than they are, I feel like we were pretty much nailed on for all of these teams. And it was a little bit more predictable than it should have been edit wise because i think i even compared kaylin and Haley to ali and ashley at one point in the preview and their average is very close to ali and ashley's they're within about five places of each other in the u.s listings i think it's quite impressive yeah i'm trying to think back oh, i'm only been quiet because i've been thinking back to our preview and i'm thinking yeah we were spot on about a lot of different things <laughs> hung and chi we got completely wrong because you know their bio was way less fun than they are because they are by far my favourite team left in. Spoilers. But Aparna and Ishwa, we didn't really get much from. We kind of hoped that they would follow in the lead of uh, Suki and Jinder, and, you know, they didn't. Garen D'Angelo, we kind of guessed, would be a lot about sports. Riley and Madison, we guessed, would be a lot about volleyball and beards. James and Will, we kind of knew exactly what we were going to get with both of them because we've seen them before. I think we were pretty much nailed on for this final six, apart from Hung and Chi, which is very impressive. We're awesome. Yeah, essentially, I'm just blowing our own trumpet. <laughs> we haven't even started the episode. You said this would be quick. We have. 
I've done the teams must fly to Hyderabad. Not that they told us where we were going in Hyderabad, let's be honest. I'm skirting over the fact that the, not the next note, but the one after that is, where do they even have to go? Do you plan on actually telling us? The next note is, everyone's on the same flight. And because, of course, it's me, I've done some research, I'm assuming that they were on the 4.50am flight via Dubai that landed the following day at 8.25am. There is a reason I'm telling you all this information, because we actually know what time Riley and Madison were doing the second roadblock, which proves that this was a very quick leg. So when teams get to their mystery next location, they have to smog test three also rickshaws using a mobile pollution van to get their next clue. I like how each country in Southeast Asia has their own name for those types of vehicles. Mm. In one country, it's tuk-tuk. In one country, it's auto rickshaw. If you're in the Philippines, it's a trike. <laughs> Pick the name out of the hat. You have a one in three chance of being right. Apart in Ishwar, we're the only ones who knew to say auto rickshaw. <laughs> and something that I promised Michelle a few days ago is that I did have one note from last week that I did forget to mention. It's not actually that much of a bitch in one, you'll be pleased to know. But it's very interesting that we had that secret scene of Riley and Madison um, moaning about Leo's legwear choice because Riley is quite visibly wearing leggings in this episode and also in Berlin. Yes. What is it? <laughs> I think I wrote it down again. So I, I thought it was very interesting we had that secret scene in uh, in Almacy, which is the only one of the three legs this week and the previous two that Riley has not actually worn leggings. It's very visible in the yoga scene and it's obviously even more visible in this episode. I don't understand because isn't it worn there at that time? I'm like, why? Kayla and Haley were long sleeves. Yeah, because um, Chi was wearing leggings for the first time and Gary and D'Angelo both were as well. D'Angelo has worn them before, but Gary hasn't, I don't think. Maybe just minimize, yeah, some sort of cultural thing for sure. Well, it'll be, yeah, it'll have been covering up, but also I suspect it may have been like UV protection ones. They might have brought leggings with them that were UV protection. That's true. Or smog protection. <laughs> Which, to be fair, is something sensible that I probably would do if I was on Amazing Race. I'm just saying, in, in Australia, I never see leggings on men. No. But it is quite a known um, sporting thing, I think, to to cover up when you're in hot countries because it directs you sweat better or something. There is an actual logical reason for it. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. It's not a fashion choice. <laughs> no, but I thought it was very interesting. We had that secret scene in in Almaty, which was the only one of the the legs either side that Riley wasn't actually doing exactly what he bitched about Leo for doing. Um, and James is the one that says, "Are you a rickshaw?" Yeah, I don't know whether he was deliberately referencing, "Are you a candelabra?" I suspect he might have been. I don't think production deliberately remembered that Ayua Candelabra was a thing in Amazing Race 15, or the fact that it was the episode title in that episode in Amazing Race 15, but I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they actually did remember that it was. I don't think they did that. No, it's actually his name is Rick Shaw, and he just happens to be in the right line of work. Oh God, we're doing this joke again. <laughs> um, the editing on that was really fast. Like going from one team to another, I found halfway through, I'm like, oh my God, just focus on one team. Obviously, this is not the sort of task that we can really commentate on that much. It's very visual. It's also very boring. And I know I'm a broken record on this sort of stuff, but it's it's far too visible a task for us to actually do anything. The only important thing really is that D'Angelo tries to stop Riley and Madison taking a second auto rickshaw at the same time, which the clue did not expressly say you couldn't do. He was just trying to be helpful. He didn't want his alliance members to get penalized at the pit stop. It's mine five to the end, baby. Yeah. And to paraphrase something that Bo Burnham said, I'm going to speak some words that have never been spoken together before. Aparna and Ishwa leaving first. <laughs> and they get an instant detour, which is food app or number trap. And in food app, teams must deliver three food app orders to get their next clue. And in Number Trap, teams must use motion control technology to grab binary numbers and crack a code telling them where their next clue is. Because apparently, India invented the zero. That's interesting. It's interesting if it's true. I don't know whether it is. Let's take the Google on that one, because I forgot that I want to look that up. I thought we were going to have another Switzerland moment. So here's a quick hit from, from the interwebs. The first recorded zero appeared in Mesopotamia around 3 BC. The Mayans invented it independently circa 4 AD. It was later devised in India in the mid-5th century, spread to Cambodia near the end of the 7th century, and into China and the Islamic countries at the end of the 8th. So it's Mesopotamian, then it's not Indian. 
No, unless the Mesopotamian Empire really expanded, at, was really expanded at 3 BC. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty close geographically. I mean, Iraq, yeah, it expanded. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe the person who invented it eventually moved to India? <laughs> it's Mesopotamian. The wrong in, in summary. That's, that's all that matters. But Mesopotamia, where? what is that now? Iraq. Iraq. That'd be the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. Right. Yeah. It's kind of the Iraq, Iran area. Question. In modern day country terms. Answer. Um, binary letters. Are they all from sets of six zeros and ones? Is this, is this just a, it's, it's, is this like Morse code? Like it's always the same. A will always be that. T will always be that. Yeah. It, it's always a combination of zeros and ones. And it's always the same? Yeah. So the one for each letter will not change. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen that before. If you say it in the correct sequence, uh, it sends the mind five into another dimension. It does. <laughs> um, which of these details would you have done? Um, probably the ones in binary. I think I would have done food app. I don't understand why Hung and Chi are so bad at it. Well, they don't play video games is the answer, but I play a lot of video games and I don't think I would be that good with, with catching the numbers because you had to be absolutely perfect on those numbers. There was no room for error. Mm. I feel like there was a bit more leniency in actually being able to find the food app places because you could always ask someone on the street if if your guide was being obtuse. I would like to think I would choose the food app one, but I feel like the video game one would lure me in, considering it's essentially a hands version of Dance Dance Revolution. It depends how much they told you, because I feel like translating the binary would have been pretty, pretty mind-numbing as well. I feel like there was a lot more room for error in that one. Really? You're in India, where there's no street names. Really difficult. Hard. Well, there are some street names. But... Yeah, even if you had someone in your ear telling you the directions, you could always ask, ask for help if, if you were really struggling on someone, with someone on the street. Whereas if you miss one of those numbers, you just keep having to do it again and again and again like Hung and Chi did. Hung and Chi left after 11 attempts because they just kept missing numbers. I wonder how long it took for each attempt because despite taking 12 attempts, they don't even finish this leg in fifth place. They still get fourth. It's probably a minute and a half, two minutes, I think, I'd guess. That's not too long then. Well, I think the cre- I'm the reason why I'm glad these two episodes aired on the same night is because Kayla and Haley do not see another team after the initial smog test. Were they last to leave the smog test? Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as the fifth place team leaves the smog test, Kayla and Haley don't see another team for the rest of the episode. Oh, they or do. No, next two next two episodes. <laughs> they do see another team. It's just when they're being yielded by other teams. Oh, they see their picture. Yeah, physically, <laughs> I mean, physically seeing a team that they can interact with <laughs> and not in poster form. <laughs> but yes, so that's, I wonder if that's close. That, that, that probably hasn't happened for a very long time where one team just doesn't see anybody else for really two full episodes for the next five tasks and a pit stop. So Gary and D'Angelo leaving second, Hung and Chi leaving third, James and Will in fourth, Riley Madison in fifth, and Kaylin and Haley in last. Gary says he's a huge gamer, so finds number trap easy, and Apana and Ichwa, despite all their coding experience, are not gamers. And I would argue that this isn't really a video game. No, I don't think it is, either. Well, I mean, use your hands. Boom, boom, boom. It's a game. It's a game in video form. It's motion controls. It's not a video game I would play. <laughs> well, that's different. There's also Game Party Champions for the Wii U, and that's a video game no one ever wants to play, or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde for the NES. Or Mario is Missing, Mario's Time Machine. And Kaylin and Haley say they get lost everywhere they go because this is the taxi that essentially seals their fate when they can't get from the uh, from the testing place to their detour choice. This is essentially their game over moment because I think they got lost for about two hours. Mm. So annoying. Well, they don't see another... I mean, this has to be their game over moment because they don't see anybody else forever. <laughs> yeah, they said that They said that basically, just like Leon and Alana last week, the yield made no difference really because of how far behind they were anyway. And these two rounds weren't exactly 
like there wasn't much time to catch up as we would discover because this these two episodes both finish well below but well before i get started even caitlin haley check in and it's still light outside well i, I think i told maneve this but i don't think i told you this logan my rough guesstimate is that this entire leg was done in about six and a half hours that's really quick for two episodes Assuming that they landed at 8.25, of course. Big assumption, but they did leave on a Monday, and this is a Monday flight that I've looked up. Unless they chartered something, they did take that flight, because it's the only one on a Monday. Riley, at the second roadblock, his watch is visible about halfway through his attempt on the second roadblock, and it's 2.20pm. So they landed about 8.25, and he was doing that last roadblock at 2.20pm. So it's about six and a half hours. And that's like getting through... That would be getting through customs, or getting a cab from the taxi... Or getting a cab from the airport into the city. So that is, those are two really quick rounds. Actually, that would be the shortest. Those two rounds combined would be shorter than any other round this whole season. Yeah. Because Kayla and Haley were usually over three hours behind the second to last place team. Kaylin and Haley were about two hours behind Aparna and Ishwar, I think. And Aparna and Ishwar maybe checked in an hour after Riley and Madison. So it would have been maybe 10 and a half, 11 and a half hours for Kaylin and Haley. Oh my God. Because I'm thinking it's because this was filmed in November, right? So it wasn't even, and this, they're in the Northern Hemisphere. It should be, I mean, they're close to the equator. So that makes sense. It wasn't even dark out because usually it's pretty rigid if you're right near the equator, like in Manila, it's light out by 6 a.m. and it's dark by 6 p.m. So the fact that no team experienced any darkness means this these two rounds would have had to finish rather quickly especially if we didn't even get to see kaylin haley in the same shot as another team so the sunset time was somewhere about half five and the sun was just starting to go down when kaylin haley checked in so i think your spot yeah i think you're pretty much right on michael yeah (laughs) yeah because it was it was daytime by the time they landed which is about half six in the morning at that time of year and it was still pretty much daytime by the time that Kaylin and Haley checked in. So at most, this could have been an 11-hour day from landing to checking in. Compared to the last time we had a round like this with, was it season 14 with Beijing, where that was well over, I think that was 24 hours, wasn't it? Yeah, Luke said his went over two days, because I had a chat with him about this on Thursday. He crops up on one of the threads. Um, yeah, I saw that thread too. So Riley actually gets his video game reward by positioning his hands like a Hadouken. I think he actually does say Hadouken at one point. So he gets bonus points from me just for a Street Fighter reference. Uh, and they get the code third, upon in each of our fourth after eight attempts. James and Will crack the code and leave number code in first. And teams must now find Cut of Shani Tombs and search for their next clue. Caution, yield ahead, don't miss the opportunity to use it. Because of course... Production are still editorialising. And Gary and D'Angelo leaving second with the partner in Ishwa in third. And James and Will, jealous of Kaylin and Haley's luck, decide to yield them. Double game over. Yeah, they're so dead even at the first yield. <laughs> and they find out that it is a roadblock which is who's ready to flip their lid. In this roadblock, one team member must use an AR interface to find three distinctive turbans and match a real-life person on the roof to their position to get their next clue. And it is James, Gary, Ishwa, Riley, Chi, and Kaylin doing the roadblock. And Hung and Chi decide to switch detours to Food App after 11 attempts, incurring, I'm sure, Michelle's ire. <laughs> and my next note is that I love how Hung and Chi just managed to switch detours and still arrive at the food place before Kaylin and Haley do. Yeah, they took. They gave, Kaylin and Haley were given all the time in the world to try and make up this deficit. And then, of course, the yield cancelled that out. Gary is the first to get any matches at the roadblock Riley also matches one and I love how one of the guys in Turban just brings out sunglasses between uh, the second and third attempts I like how they don't (laughs) how some of the guys in the Turbans do not look like you would expect somebody from Hyderabad to look one of the guys looks like Dave Grohl which really amused me I quite like how they just completely and utterly go nope and then just walk off yeah they're like i'm gonna go hang out with my friends now i don't want to be here by myself (laughs) i like this challenge it's very very now it is but on any other version of this leg you would have seen way more than 20 people or whatever it was 
there were not enough people up on that roof. You don't think? No, I'm thinking back to the Amazing Race Australia 2 India leg where there were hundreds of people in that in that staircase. Yeah. Oh, for the turban challenge. Yeah, that one was way tougher. Like Paul, that's how Paul and Steve nearly they were in dead last at one point, I think. <laughs> Paul and Steve. Bearing in mind that that was on leg two. This is on leg eight. They should have ramped it up a little bit more, I think. It was a good task, but it wasn't a great task. It wasn't difficult enough. I like that they had to... I mean, the placement of them also, which James couldn't get right for so long, which which that, that was another dimension. That's the other thing too, is when the, the dreaded Mind 5 alliance comes into play where you have somebody that's genuinely struggling with the task and then the other team say, oh, just do it this way, and now they're not struggling anymore. They don't get that achievement of figuring it out themselves. It's, oh, the alliance saved us. It's a very effective strategy, especially for Will and James. But but it's boring television. Yeah, you don't get those highlight highlight real moments of, oh, remember when when that person really struggled at the roadblock for four hours and they blew their whole lead and Kaylee and Haley caught up and survived after being saved from three three NELs. <laughs> we don't get that. There's no reward, basically. There's reward obviously for the races in helping each other and getting themselves, as we now know, to the final five together. But there's no reward for the viewers of being able to root for, for James and Will in this case. Of James really struggling and maybe Will going over to him and just going, you can do it. Don't worry, you you can do it. You're strong enough to do it. And then him being able to do it. Like, we ended up seeing in the next episode, Kaylin getting cheers off the, um, off the guys in turbans after getting one correct because she'd been there forever. But we don't get that moment with James and Will, which is really weird. What's funny is that Ishwar and Aparna are so under-edited that we have no idea why Ishwar was screwing up so badly because we seem to get the first one and you think, oh, Ishwar and Aparna may actually get a top three finish for either one or both of these episodes. And then they leave the task even behind Hung and Chi. <laughs> I'm thinking, we don't get a proper explanation for why that happened. Meanwhile, with, with James, we get the full run-through of why he was screwing up. With Ishwar, it's just, oh, yeah. Well, they just don't finish in top three. It's just not in their DNA. <laughs> so, yeah. Ishwar gets his first one. Hung and Chi get their third signature at the detour and head back to the start point. Gary gets his second match, as does Riley. Hung and Chi leave Food F in fifth. James asks for help with the pillars, and Gary ends up helping him. And then Riley leaves the roadblock in first with Gary in second. And teams must now find Chaminar and search for their next clue. You're not allowed to do a Pokemon joke now, Logan. <laughs> you tell you. <laughs> you knew I was going to say Charmander. I want to go to the Charmander place. And of course, they have a lot of rickshaws waiting. And James finally gets his first scroll, as does Chi. Chi then gets his second, as does James and Ichwar. And James gets his final one and leaves in third. And then Kaylin and Ailey leave their detour in last. Do you think the food was cold? Oh, definitely. There is no way in hell that any of those people actually ate the food. <laughs> yeah, they get their food. Especially after, because they, they delivered to this. To, it was always the same guy they delivered it to. And the guy's like, back off, I'm starving. Don't oh, judge me. could have eaten it. If it was if it was naan bread, they could have eaten it. That's fine, <laughs> but not not chicken. <laughs> I'm deferring to Logan as as the expert on food apps of the three of us. I suspect, given how many he orders and get delivered <laughs> to the wrong place. Yeah, that food that they had to deliver would have been waiting for hours for them to arrive, regardless of who it was. Mm. You can eat naan because oh. they would have had to have it ready for when um, for for when the teams actually got there. I'm, uh, it depends on what they ordered. If it was, I don't know, tacos or something, that wouldn't be a great thing to eat. It's all soggy. It did look like a traditional Indian restaurant to me, so I suspect that it probably was not that. It could have been a like a whole bag of puppetums. They're okay. Yeah, if was, yeah, if they played it, they could play it safe. Stick with maybe some. I don't know, non bread that's well wrapped up. Or I noticed that it, the, I forgot how how cheap the food was because they did show the receipts on it. I'm thinking, oh, 950 ru rupees for that big bag of food. I mean, yeah, money goes a lot. That's equivalent to about, I think, $9 Canadian, roughly. I think. So Chi leaves the roadblock in fourth, and the episode ends with Kaylin and Haley in timeout. What a cliffhanger.
I was thinking, man, they were originally going to plan to air this on two separate weeks. Can you imagine that being the cliffhanger? It's Ishwar, of all people, trying to finish the roadblock with the other team not even there yet. And it's Kaylin and Haley sitting at a yield when you know they're just DOA at this point. My favorite thing is the fact that, as I predicted last week, they didn't go back and edit these episodes properly. So we still have the next time trailer. We still have the previously from episode nine, which means I get to do my favorite thing in the world when we have double episodes, which is the next thing. Next time, Kaylin and Haley scramble to get back in the game while Aparna and Ichwa do dentistry, and the Mine 5 is officially dead. Previously on The Amazing Race, six teams raced to Hyderabad and began the 23rd ever double length leg. The Mine 5 had friction, Hung and Chi struggled at a high-tech detour, James and Will yielded, Kaelin and Haley, no hard feelings. Gary and Riley solved the roadblock while Iswa struggled, and Kaelin and Haley got sent to timeout. And I adore it when we get to do double episodes that they've edited badly and keeping the previously on and the next time trailers because it's just a stupid, stupid joke. Did you notice that when Ishwar finishes the roadblock, that the music they play is very, very similar to when you open up a treasure chest on the Legend of Zelda. It is. It's going back to rupees again. <laughs> you got a thing. <laughs> I'm quite proud of the fact that I did go back and ha- count how many um, double length legs there had been as well. This is the 23rd in Amazing Race history. My favorite thing is that the first confessional we essentially get is Will explaining that there are two different alliances, which we've known about for the past six episodes. I get that editors had very little to work with this season because it's essentially just the Mine 5 run until 5, and then I'm just going to guess here, the three-team alliance is probably going to be our final three in the end. That seems to be what they're setting us up for. But they really haven't edited these teams well. (laughs) I'm sure there's way more entertaining ways of doing it. Maybe not with the partner in each one, let's be honest, because they're obviously not giving us much. But the other teams definitely are. Oh, during the detour. I wonder when Kaylin and Haley were using the phone, they had to deal with the guy in the call center. I wonder if their phone battery died from how long it took for them to do the detour. Well, they look like very cheap phones, so I, I suspect they probably had 24-hour batteries at least. Yeah, they're not high-tech. They're not playing Pokemon Go on it. Although they would have been able to get a lot of uh, rewards in Pokemon Go if they had been playing it. <laughs> it doesn't have GPS, but it does still have internet. So Ishwar leaves the roadblock in fifth. And did you notice, when Phil was introducing Charminar, not Pokemon, it sounded like there was a bit cut from his intro to it. It was a really bad Franken edit. Really? Andy Denhardt from Reality Blurred keeps commenting on the Franken edits every week. Hmm. If you go back and watch the Charminar intro, it really sounds like something was cut out of Phil's intro for Charminar. It's audibly weird. Maybe he flubbed up the pronunciation? Yeah, I don't know. And for the first time all season, we do not get an intro. Which is really weird given that episode 9 was meant to be the one episode that was actually airing this week. So they're done with reminding us who these people are now. And also visible at the roadblock is the fact that Kaylin seems to have a map or something drawn on her arm in pen. Really? Actually, yeah, I saw that on her arm. I'm like, what? what is that? Yeah, so I suspect that maybe my inkling of them getting directions off a local might have been true, and we just didn't see it. Or it's a path to the Holy Grail. So as soon as they get to Chelminar, they find out it's the second detour of the leg, which is this or that. It's a switchback! I like how the first thing we hear is a team saying, let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. I have to have this complaint again. They've done this or that a few times. Most notably was the one where it was um, the roulette wheel in, in Monaco. It actually works when it's a random choice, whereas if you're just sending teams to a shop where they find out what both detour options are, like in this case, eh, it's a bit of a cop-out. They just couldn't be bothered thinking of proper names for it. I liked how, because I wrote in my notes down too, where once they went to their desired uh, detour choice, they were then told the information about both tasks, so it was very easy for teams to immediately switch, as opposed to grabbing the clue and then say, oh, I don't know if I want to do this detour, but do I want to risk going with the other one? By knowing what both tasks are, it makes it a lot easier for the team. Hmm. I'm pretty sure this is the first time where they've done a vague detour where they've given them both sides at each location. I think previously we've had it where if you went to this, you only find out what what this is information was, for example. Yeah, yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't recall them being able to know both detour options once they got to that first location. 
And here's the other thing. The this detour is pretty boring and not that interesting. Needle in a haystack's ass, never my favourite on Amazing Race. The that detour is actively disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it's life. It happens. Like I know that we've had this this task before because this is an actual switchback task to um, to the Street of Happy Smiles in Bangkok in uh, Amazing Race fourteen. The last time we had a double length leg in America, but they never had it be this horrid. The roadblock in the Street of Happy Smiles was just matching up the dentures to three patrons to get your next clue. This is genuinely pretty nauseating at times. My stomach churned. Really? <laughs> God, you two are weak. Oh my God. You two need to get kids. (laughs) I have a thing with dental stuff anyway, because I hate going to to the dentist as it is, and I'm trypanophobic, so I hate needles. But yeah, this this just was disgusting, especially when everyone was kind of drooling the the denture mix, or the mold mold mix. I like having a mold taken. I've had it taken about four times in my life. I've had it done before when I had braces, and it's just... It's unpleasant when you can feel it at the back of your throat just kind of choking you. Ugh. Well, I, I wasn't choked, but it, I, I don't mind it. It's all right. Do you think the this detour took place on a Manic Monday? It would have been a Manic Tuesday, because they landed on the Tuesday. Ah, uh, Manic. Because, yes, I looked up the filming dates. <laughs> and do you think that when they put on the bracelets that they had to walk like an Egyptian? Oh, yes, it's a bangles. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so yeah, in this teams must look through a big vat of bangles to complete a set for an awaiting bride, and in that, which is an actual switchback task, they have to take a mold of someone's teeth and fit the dentures to someone else to get their next clue. They weren't very good with the bangles. It's not that hard. You'd move like if they've got a certain color, say they don't have red, then you move all the red bangles to a corner. And then you continue with what there is. They seem they weren't very deliberate. Well, yeah, as well in in looking at what they needed to find, they were just just it just annoyed me how they were looking. It it wasn't good. And at the first roadblock, Kaylin gets her first scroll, and the royals all clap, not realizing that she still has two left to find. It's the traditional scene of someone overcoming the odds at a roadblock, only two scrolls too early. And Hung and Chi switch to that when they read the clue at the detour. And Riley and Madison leave this in first. Teams must now head to Taj Falak Numa Palace and search for their next clue. Caution, final yield ahead. Now here's... I have two issues with this detour, other than that being nauseating. Number one is the fact that this leg is almost entirely just search for things. There's no variety in these tasks. Pretty much every task this this leg, maybe with the exception of the... Um, of the final roadblock and the uh, the fume task. Pretty much everything is just search for something. Mm-hmm. Number two issue is the fact that the dentist detour only has one station, which then holds tongue and chi up. Luckily, it doesn't get them eliminated, but it is really bad that it only has one station. Well, they were allowed to go in once Ishwar and Aparna were on to the next part of the task. But they still shouldn't have essentially a mini yield as a result of picking a detour. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I can see that. That's like a we hear of limited station detours early on in the season, especially Masonry's Canada. They love to do limited. They do love to do limited stations, but having one where it's just you have to wait for the team in front of you. Well, I mean, we we've had that before with like heights challenges where you can't have both teams skydiving at the or both teams on a tightrope at the same time. Yeah, but that that's pulling numbers. Teams are fully aware going into that roadblock that it is one person at a time, whereas teams were not fully aware in this detail that they were going to have to just wait until another team had completed it before they could move on. Actually, that's maybe that's something that they've cut from the budget is pulling numbers. We haven't seen mm. well, that. Was, that was the big thing in the early seasons was pull a number, then you wait. I feel like if I was Hung and Chi, I would have kicked off a lot more that the dentist detour only had one station. Maybe because they knew who was behind them that they weren't too they weren't too upset. <laughs> because that maybe kind of plays into Riley and Madison's decision to yield Kaylin and Haley as well, because they say they do it to help Hung and Chi. And the last they potentially have heard Hung and Chi struggling would have been at the dentist detail where they couldn't move ahead of anyone. Oh, because Ishwar and Aparna would have relayed that information? 
Although, were Ishwin and Parn ever caught up to Riling Madison up, leading up to the yield? No, but I suspect that those two shops were quite close to each other. But if they'd known that Hung and Chi were doing that, then they would have had a mini yield as a result of it, because they would have had to wait for Ishwar and Aparna, who they knew were ahead of Hung and Chi. Um, I just remembered something funny. Because um, I, I just said to you, <laughs> I just said to you before, um, when you were both saying you were grossed out by the whole challenge, um, that, oh, you, you two need to have kids. And I've just read through my notes, and Hung actually says, um, She's not grossed up by it all because kids are so disgusting, um, which is true. I mean, it is so true. That's what I said to you. You need to have kids. <laughs> it was the basis of your intro this week. <laughs> it's Hung's quote about um, about kids being so disgusting and she'd do a, a colonoscopy if she needs to. I know. That's, that's disgusting. That's a bit gross. <laughs> <laughs> Anything for a million dollars. <laughs> so... Once teams get to the palace, they have to dress as socialites, then travel by horse and carriage to reach their next clue, where the yield board awaits. Riley and Madison do decide to yield Kaelin and Haley to help out Hung and Chi. And then it is the second roadblock, which is who wants to set things straight. In this roadblock, one team must prepare the largest table in India with a unique table setting and set it up ten identical times to get their next clue. And this is the first ever double roadblock leg where the same person can do both roadblocks. There is no requirement for it to be the other person. Interesting decision. Which I don't hate. I think it's a much better strategic choice for production to let them uh, pick the same person if they really want to. Yeah, if it's just like, hey, both teammates need to do a six roadblocks by the end of the season, why not have the freedom? Maybe you have one person do the first six and have the other person do the last six. Yeah. Hung and Chi have now switched detours in three different rounds of play. Yes. Yeah, they have. You're right. They've broken the Michelle Pierce Denovan rule three times. <laughs> Shows you how quick they are to finish the other tasks that they choose. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it is Riley, Gary, James, just to get another one under his belt, Aparna, Hung, and Haley doing this roadblock. And Hung, as Michelle said, says, Kids are disgusting. You can't imagine what sort of disgustingness comes out of their little bodies. So she'd do a colonoscopy if the patient needed it. And I'm not sure it's that sort of dentist. <laughs> so gross it's not like Thai massage place where it's a euphemism for something else Indian dentist means exactly what you think it means and at the roadblock Riley spots a ruler and he doesn't want to tell Gary because the mine five is no more even though he yielded the only team outside of the mine five yeah even though he had entirely the choice to help any of the other teams that he wanted to he still does it for the mine five just to keep up appearances because he's told that it's the final yield and as i said earlier he is doing the roadblock at 2 20 p.m and then james spots the ruler does a confessional about it and then secretly tells riley but riley already knows riley gets rejected because it's not within his target size of 24 inches by 14 inches and hunger cheese guy on the way to the roadblock tells him that he wishes he was a woman so he could have worn the sari that his wife was wearing <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing to show on television, that. And then Riley gets rejected again because it has to be one finger away from the edge of the table rather than three. Whose finger, though? Because I've got a feeling that Hung's finger is going to be a bit smaller than Gary's finger. Yeah. And then Kaylin and Haley leave that in last. Everyone was so wonderful. And if someone else yields them, Kaylin says that she will fucking slaughter them. <laughs> What's What was funny, I think it was when... I can't remember who... I think it might have been from the carriage ride when James and Will were in there, where they said, oh, it's really unpredictable. And I'm thinking, I don't know about this episode. I don't think this episode's going to be too unpredictable by day's end. I think you could actually make an argument for five of the six eliminations so far being pretty predictable. I was going to say, the only, the only bump or obstacle in the road that Mind 5 faced was Jerry and Frank going home in round three. And then maybe the only like shocker elimination was Michelle and Vic going home in Paris. Yeah, if you consider that, you know how I do average placement and then number of teams beaten on average. I have those two grids for each season. If you consider that there is only one team whose placement differs between those two this season, that pretty much shows a predictable season. Yeah, when there's no deviation on either on between either chart. 
So Riley leaves the roadblock in first, and teams must now race to the southeast garden of the palace, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last teams check in, as there is no more non-elimination legs. Sadly for Kaylin and Haley, we'll be eliminated. And here's my issue. You've always got an issue. I know issue. that that's based on my catchphrase. I know every, that's based on my catchphrase this season. Yeah, every second sentence, this is my problem, this is my issue, or you say, now. No, seriously. <laughs> See, the thing is, this is a recurring issue. (laughs) This is a recurring issue that I say pretty much every season. The problem is the pit stop is so close to the end of this task that there is no way for anyone to catch up. I always like it when there is an actual race between the last task of the leg and the pit stop. By putting it six feet away from the, the room where they're doing the roadblock, I don't even have to say who leaves the roadblock in it any order anymore because I can literally just say who checks in in what order. Unless it's Misa and Maya. Yeah, Misa and Maya are the only exception. <laughs> so Riley and Madison do check in in first. They win probably the best prize of the season so far that they can't take, a seven-day Caribbean cruise. That's going to be a while. <laughs> Hopefully there's no expiration date on that. Given they can't have the prizes until this episode airs, yeah, they're not going to be cruising for years, trust me. As someone who should be on a cruise right now, they won't be cruising for years. James and Will checking in second, Gary and D'Angelo checking in third, and they say that they knew Kaylin and Haley would get double yielded. Kaylin and Haley laugh when they're yielded again. They're trying not to be bitter about the two yields, but they are bitter. And then Hung and Chi checking in fourth, Aparna and Ishwa checking in fifth, and Kaylin and Haley can't get any stronger, can't get any closer, but checking in last and are eliminated. We did it. We had a team saved from three, from what was should have been three elimination points. <laughs> I think even the most strict person, going back to last week's discussion about this, even the most strict person about recording midpoint placements can't record a midpoint placement for this this leg. It's just one gigantic leg that took six and a half hours. I, I just put it at the place where they open their detour clue. That's where I'm marking it for my stats. Even Wikipedia has put the arbitrary midpoint at the end of the first roadblock, and I'm like, you can't really do that because it genuinely is just the same leg. You can make an argument for most double land legs that you record the midpoint points there, but I don't think you can for this one. It's just one leg and one recording. Uh, That's where we differ. (laughs) I genuinely don't think that you can make an argument for it this time because it's not like there was actually a defined midpoint of this leg. I thought there was, hence why I marked it. Yeah, but you're wrong, <laughs> as we previously discussed. You you don't always have to be right, Michael. Why can't no, I do. be right? No! What happened to you when you were growing up? Were you always right? Did your parents always say you were right? No, Mum and Dad used to tell me I'm wrong, which is kind oh of why I'm always right, really. I, I'm always Jesus. right in the end, it's fine. So Phil then shocks them by telling them of the Alliance's existence and that it has a name, and I have it on good authority that they did tell all the other eliminated teams what it was called and of its existence, because Leo tweeted about it earlier. Yeah, I saw that while I responded to that tweet. (laughs) So next time, teams head to Cambodia, the final U-turn of the season appears, as does the Roaming Gnome. And it's a double just regular double u-turn yep it's a double u-turn which means there is the potential that only one team will not be involved in the u-turn and there's they are strongly hinting at a natalie and nadia situation for next week see i have i have a suspicion of what's going to happen i'll be honest what do you think is going to happen michael i think that either riley and madison or james and will are going to u-turn gary and d'angelo and then gary and d'angelo are going to u-turn ishwar and apana out of the race you don't think somebody's that they're going to have the top two teams and be able to block that second spot so Gary and, Gary and D'Angelo are just screwed over? I don't think so, because the only way Gary and D'Angelo could get eliminated by a U-turn, I would say, is if they are at the back of the pack. And given that Ishwar and Aparna have consistently done worse than the other four, I think Ishwar and Aparna are probably screwed regardless. How many times have Aparna and Ishwar even beaten any of the other four teams in a single episode? Because the other four have been very consistently the top four, or very close to it, the whole season. Ishwar and Aparna have beaten an average of 2.75 teams per leg. They've beaten 22 teams total. Gary and D'Angelo at 29 teams total and 3.63 on average. So I, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Out of the four teams remaining, they've only, through 
the nine potential spots on Wikipedia. They have only beaten the other four teams a total of four times out of a possible 36 slots. So, not looking good. <laughs> no, I'm pretty confident each round of go next week. Same. My thinking here is that Gary and D'Angelo are going to get U-turned anyway because everyone's getting bored of their existence, but they survive and are really bitter. Mm, I think so too. They're not going to be happy. So what, like the ideal scenario I think would be for one of the two outsiders to sneak into the final three so you have a big showdown at the end. So it'll be interesting how the audience reacts to this because there is... I think a big, we know the demographic of who watches the Amazing Race. There's a huge percentage that view alliances as evil or that stuff belongs on Survivor and Big Brother. This is not Survivor and Big Brother. So this is, if those three make it to the end, I think that's going to piss a lot of people off. So the ideal scenario would be for one of the two outsiders to get in. So then you have that big showdown at the end of the season. That would be that create the most suspense as opposed to, say, you get to the final leg and it's those three teams and it's essentially a group victory. They're all happy for each other no matter what. Mm. So who do you think is going to win out of the final five? You're only allowed oh, one pick. Only one? Only one, yeah. We're at the point at the end of the season now, Michelle. We've got two weeks left until we know our final three. Oh, Hung and Chi, probably. Oh, no, maybe Raleigh Madison. I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those two. I don't think it'll be Will and James for some reason. I don't feel it. No, I don't think they would have portrayed Will and James this way if Will and James win. I can't have one. I've got two. Sorry. No, you, you've got one. You, you have to nail your colours to your mask, Michelle. I don't know. Raleigh Madison or Gary and D'Angelo. I don't know. You gotta pick one. Who says? Like seriously. This is what I do with Logan in the mo- in the mole podcast. I force him about this point to to pick one mole. So pick one winner. Who do you think, Logan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're only allowed one, Saunders. Don't break my rules. I'm, trying, I'm I'm just mentally playing through the edits of Riley and Madison hung and cheat through my head. I guess I would say hung and chi are probably winning. I think hung and chi. And the reason that I'm asking this now is because I was thinking about this during the week. Because, yes, I do still kind of think about Amazing Race during the week, Michelle, contrary to what you think sometimes. <laughs> there was something I meant to mention in the Paris leg. Thinking back to Amy and Maya in season 25, can you remember what our one big tip-off that they were going to win was? The random confessional from Jim and Misty. Rest in peace, Jim. Spot on. In leg five, it was Jim's confessional about Amy and Meyer at the tanning roadblock in Morocco, where it was like, oh, it's such a perfect place, everything's wonderful, and Jim turns around and goes, no, it smells like shit. We have a very similar tone confessional talking about Hung and Chi in Leg 5 in this season, which is Alana's one, which is they're made of fairy dust and magic, and I'm super jealous. And I think, assuming that there is a typical winner's edit, because the edit has been, as I've said quite a few times this season, hella wonky, Assuming we have a traditional winner's edit this season, theirs is the only one I can see working out. I can't see it being James and Will because they have got probably the villain edit this season, especially given how much everyone hates alliances in the audience. I can't see it being each one upon it because they don't have an edit. Riley and Madison, I I feel like we wouldn't have seen even that negative a level of secret scene from them. I know the secret scenes are a completely different kettle of fish, but they wouldn't have released that confessional at all, I don't think, if Riley and Madison won. Why do you think that? Because it's just kind of a bit shitty. It's a shitty thing to say about Leo, even if you were joking. And especially when Leo and Alana especially have got a massive turn in audience support over the past few weeks. They were hated in leg two because of helping Kaylin and Haley, And by, by the time Leo and Alana go last week, they were everyone's favourites. Regardless of, you know, anyone's actual behaviour in real life, and believe me, I'm treating those as two completely separate things, because I'm pretty sure this is one of the nicest casts ever. But James and Will are definitely coming over as the villains of the season, and I don't feel like James and Will are going to win as a a result of their edit, because they've not had a a redemption edit like you usually get villainous teams having. And their storyline kind of ended when Leo and Alana got eliminated. I don't really know what James and Will's story is supposed to be right now. And Gary and D'Angelo's edit 
is just weird. They go to them a lot for confessionals and kind of being funny, but I don't feel like we've had much winner content off them. So that kind of leaves us with Hung and Chi, especially as they have the big tick of the secondary confessional content, which is usually a, a pretty good sign of a winner edit in quite a few seasons. It was obviously most blatant in season 25, but quite a few winning teams have had the confessional where someone from another team talks about how awesome they are. And it should be known that Gary and D'Angelo are essentially in the Leo and Jamal position now where all the other teams left in the race hate them for whatever reason. <laughs> Something also fun to talk about is for the first time in seven legs now, Riley and Madison have overtaken Hung and Chi in average. They are now the one, number one for the season because Hung and Chi have, uh, have lagged behind in the past few legs. But it is still very close. James and Will could actually uh, end the season on the uh, on the best average if, uh, if they beat Riley and Madison and Hung and Chi sufficiently. Yeah, the top three teams that are aligned together also have the best three averages. And Kaylin and Haley on the other end have the lowest sixth place average since which team, Logan Saunders? Who is the last sixth place team to do worse than Kaylin and Haley average-wise? Last sixth place team. Is it the American version? Yeah, in the American version. I'm not going to be mean and say it's some random team from uh, from Latino America or anything. That's just harsh. Maybe Lenny and Karen. Mm, surprisingly not. Lenny and Karen Lenny and Karen actually slightly beat Kaylin and Haley. They got 6.43. Kaylin and Haley have the second worst sixth place average in US history, but there is only one team that is worse. And it's a while. I'll warn you now. It's a while ago. Oh, Tianjury. No. Oh, because they used their fast forward, so they got up to first. Yeah, Tianjury with 5.43. You guys, seriously. You guys and these challenges... <laughs> it was a team who were eliminated in the Netherlands. Team that was eliminated in the Netherlands? Or would be in season 15? Oh, Marie and Tiffany? Correct. I was, the next clue was they took 24-hour penalty at the detail when they couldn't hit the uh, the bell at the top of the tower. Well, they did get 11th place in that first leg, so I'm guessing that contributed to their average. Yeah, their, um, their average is 6.57, so it's just a smidge worse than Kaylin and Haley's. Did you also spot where Elimination Station was, seeing as though we love to point this out? Uh, no. No, I did not. Prague! Oh, right, right. We oh. talked about that before, yeah. Prague. That's hence why they were all able to drink. <laughs> we didn't know that until this week, because uh, I can't remember whether it was Kaylin and Haley or Leo and Alana. One of them confirmed it on uh, on social media this week that uh, Elimination Station was Prague. I think it was Leo and Alana. Nice. And then they all got, apparently they all drank a lot of wine when they found out about the Mind 5 Alliance at, when Kaylin Haley told everyone about it at Elimination Station. And the final thing that I love to mention is the ratings. They were pretty steady this week. They were down 1% from last week, but down 40% from this time last year. So was it, what was the viewership? Was it Because last week was 3.18 million viewers, which is... I've only got the 8pm hour ones which were the higher ones uh, last week was 3729 in the 8 p.m hour uh, but it was 3941 this week but the night as a whole was down one percent mm, so i wonder how far it dropped for that second episode then second episode it dropped about six hundred thousand, i think um one thing we haven't mentioned the greeter how good was the greeter? greeters greeters <laughs> yeah both of them yeah they're um oh my god syncopation they're they were so good i love them yeah. <laughs> you don't say welcome, anything about welcome, fun stuff. Welcome, welcome, welcome about... to Hyderabad. Hyderabad. Welcome yes. to Hyderabad. Michael, you have to enjoy life. Enjoy fun stuff. You know? I do enjoy life and fun stuff. They were brilliant the first time we heard them. They were slightly irritating by the sixth, I'll be honest. But they did different things. They didn't do the same thing each time. Did you notice that? Yeah, but it was pretty irritating by the end, I'll be honest. Oh, God. At least they had double the greeters to fit in with the theme, though. <laughs> double the detours, double the roadblocks, <laughs> double the greeters, double the singing. I was going to wait for, like, a hologram to come up next to Phil and suggest so they can be like, double the fills. <laughs> <laughs> double the filler. Double the filler is correct with this leg. Uh, have you guys got anything else you want to say? No. No? I don't think so. Cool. So... Thank you for listening to our Amazing Race 32 recap. We'll be back next week to recap leg number nine. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram where we are RCB Warriors. Or you can email us and contact us at rcbwarriors.com. Logan is on Twitter at Logsipkwaki. Michelle is Bear3333333333. And I'm MJ Harmstone. 
Logan and I are also about to celebrate Michelle's least favourite episode of Belgian Mole South Africa with the family visit on Thursday. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Peace out and just chill till the next episode. The Charminar is a magnificent architectural structure. With its four minarets, it's one of the most recognizable monuments in India. And where teams will find their next clue...